0: to bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, incredible human being. It is such a privilege and honor to be with you. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are doing fantastic. We have an incredible episode with you today. We have entitled this one the Mediocrity Detox Challenge, the five-step plan to prove anything is possible with the incredible Adam Hergenrother. This is a very practical episode. There are so many good, amazing personal development, self-development tools in here. Um, No baloney type of stuff. Uh, We talk about Adam's uh, quantum leap for kids course, uh, the new sexy being simplicity for life, uh, business as a catalyst for personal growth. Um, He goes into the five steps in detail, which is great. And we talk about the role as a leader. We talk about physical um, growth, uh, spiritual growth. We talk about challenges. We talk about morning routines. We talk about the power of journaling. We talk about affirmations. Uh, We talk about these, um, you know, like excuses and how to get over them. We talk about the power of consistency, uh, quality books so this is a jam-packed episode you're gonna love it um if you do enjoy it please uh, share it with your friends share the podcast um you can leave a review on itunes that's super helpful when you guys leave a review on itunes so please do that um also my patrons thank you so much to everybody supporting me on patreon uh, please go to patreon.com forward slash matt and even if you toss a buck in the bucket it helps a ton but the best thing that you can do is one kind act today please do that if not take the kindness challenge and and level up and do three kind acts every single day for a week and something awesome will happen. Trust me, it's a beautiful and great experience. Um, And just let me know you're taking it. Go to Facebook or Instagram and just let me know. Uh, Head over to mattbelair.com, sign up for the email list. You can get a free guide to lucid dreaming and hypnotic audio if you go forward slash lucid dreaming. Um, The coaching form is over there as well for those of you guys who want to dive deeper and you want some one-on-one. Hit me up over there. Um, As I've said, I'm heading to the Parliament of World Religions with David Lone Bear We're working on some extraordinary stuff stuff and we could use your help we are moving as slow as a bulldozer but we are moving and with a little bit of support we could we could accomplish a lot more a lot quicker so if you resonate with his message david lone bears you resonate with my spirit and what, what i'm about um, you know it'll it'll help because more incredible guests are coming and i definitely need an assistant if any of you guys have the skill um, web developer all that kind of stuff it helps because i'm doing it all myself and um i want to focus more on just bringing out these amazing podcasts but i am drowning in the tedious task. So if anybody feels called to help, I'll definitely accept. So just let me know um, so we can spread the vibe uh, further and we can get all these incredible guests and we can learn more and we can grow together and do all the good stuff. So um, I think that's about it. So let's just come into a powerful state of peace and presence now. So wherever you are in the world, just stop whatever you're doing and taking a deep breath in through your nose holding the breath and just setting the intention to come to peace and presence now and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares all the worries all the task lists just letting them go coming to total peace and presence from the tip of your head to the tip of your toes taking in another deep breath in through your nose Holding that breath and just coming to a powerful state of peace and presence and empowerment and just relaxing from the tip of your head to the tip of your toes, feeling this connection, this life force within you, letting that breath out slowly with all the limitations, all the self criticisms and self judgments, taking in one last deep breath in through your nose, holding that breath and just making the firm commitment to be kind and compassionate to yourself. Be kind and compassionate to others to remember that you are whole, perfect, harmonious, beautiful, full of self-love, a divine creator being with infinite power as you are and as are all others. And just go about the day with joy, with peace, with connection, with presence, with surrender, with just the best energy that you can. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. So let's get into it with Adam Hergenrother. Hello and welcome to the Master Mind, Body, and Spirit show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is founder and CEO of Adam Hergenrother Companies. In less than 10 years, he has built this rapidly growing company through his commitment to thinking big and never giving up. Fearless and purposeful, unconventional and systematic, he sets a seemingly impossible goal and quickly gets to work on closing the gap to achieve it. No limits, no regrets. He is a real estate industry leader and speaker and is known for his commitment to personal growth, developing high performing teams, and the leadership training. He is the inspiration behind the mediocrity detox challenge and the five step plan to prove anything is possible. Welcome to the show, Adam Hergenrother.
1: Thanks so much to be here and just wanted to say thank you for all that you do to help inspire everybody else.
0: So it's, uh, it's an honor to be here with you today, Matt. Oh, thanks, man. I don't think very many people have opened up with a compliment this way. That's sweet of you. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Um, Well, yeah, man, you know, I had a, uh, I love looking over your bio. You're a family man. You're living in Vermont. Um, You know, we talked a little bit about uh, trekking. I did Everest. You did uh, Kilimanjaro, which sounds amazing. I'd love to see those photos. So why don't we give, uh, get people up to speed about who you are and what you're about? Yeah, I'd
1: love to. You know, it's, uh, I'll take you back to about <clears throat> when I was about 15, 16 years old uh, in high school. I, uh, I was about 100 pounds overweight. I was into drugs. I was failing classes. Um, I was that kind of role model student you wanted your kid to hang out with, right? <laughs> and, uh, and one day, I, um, I came home as a freshman in high school. And, you know, Matt, I just had hit a point in my life where there was, there was no longer I was going to live somebody else's life. Really, there was no no longer I was going to live in mediocrity, right? And so I decided to, um, to, I came home, and I literally just started crying. I I, I cried for literally hour upon hour. Uh, And then my dad, who was working nights, came in at the time, and he came in. He said, like, two things to me. He said, like, well, you can either accept your position or do something about it. He, like, walked out of the room. (laughs) I was like, nice. Um, But honestly, it's all I needed. And I was like, you know, he's right. Like I'm gonna take control of my own life for the first time. You know, up until this point and maybe some of your listeners and viewers can relate to this and you you just when you're when you're not comfortable with who you are, you try to find uh, other people that you try to imi- Im- imitate like right and be other people and I got to a point where I was just so disconnected with who I was um, spiritually mentally physically that I, uh, I just didn't know and so the next year I well that 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 moment I made a decision I think people make decisions in seconds right it may take years to get up to that point but once people make that decision there's nothing that's going to stop them right they just become they just have this desire and hunger to change their life. And that's really started my growth path. And so the next year I lost hundred pounds, which is why physical capacity is so important to me. I, I stopped hanging out with the kids that I was hanging out with and funny side stories. They stole everything I had within a week from me. Literally. It was like it was cops were involved. It was insane, but, um, nice friends. And so then I was kind of in that kind of transition phase of not really having friends and not, and I didn't really care. I just knew that I was not going to live this life anymore and didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. And so I just started visualizing what I wanted my life to look like. And I just started closing the gap on it. And then I lost hundred pounds and ended up becoming captain of my football team, then going into, in the college and my grades were kind of, um, not the greatest as a freshman, so I still suffered, and I went through what's called a guaranteed admissions program in order to get in. And I just had to keep proving myself because I hadn't really done the time before. And I use it, I start off the story with that because people look and say, "Well, you're 37 and you, you've achieved a lot." And I say, "Well, the only reason why I have is because I started working on myself and my personal growth when I was 15, 16 years old. So I mean, that's 22 years of actual growth in my life, and that and that has really what people can understand is that once you make a decision and you're able to transform your body in some way, whether mentally, whether physically, whether getting out of a relationship, that becomes an asset in your life that you can use as a, you know, as a tool to pull out when you want to take on larger endeavors in your life. You're like, hey, you know what? I've done this before. I'm going to pull this out and I know that I can get through it. You may not know how you're going to get through it or what, or what's, what, pri- what surprises are going to show up because they are and the surprises are just problems, but I used that as as fuel for the rest of my life. And uh, in and in college, I um I had a friend of mine, maybe some of you guys did, who wasn't in school but was in school, right? He was the guy who lived on my couch for um for like a semester, and he owned the car dealership. And I had about five hundred dollars to my name at that point, And he came in and said, "Hey, I've got this car I want to buy. Maybe you and I can put in five hundred dollars." and we'll buy it. And I said, sure. And we bought it. And within like two weeks, we, we doubled our money. And I bring that up because that was the first time I actually felt leverage in my life of what it was like to actually invest money into a person who then is doing something to get it and then doubling your money. And it wasn't a ton of money time, but it was a lot to me. And so I was like, then we just kept doubling our money. I never saw any of these vehicles. I never, I never went down the car dealership. And then at some point after we've made, we made like 30 or 40 grand, he, uh, throughout the semester, he's like, I don't need your money. Anymore and kind of went off and did his own thing. So I learned about contracts too that way. But um, <laughs> and uh, and so from there, I, I used that money and I bought a, a piece of real estate in you know in 2004 and I ended up selling it in 2005. And I thought I was like, you know, the next you know you know Bill Gates in real estate because the market was just skyrocketing and and I was like, no wonder why everyone's buying real estate. It's like the easiest thing to do, right? You just buy some real estate and your price goes up and. Needless to say, as we know, the market dropped dramatically after that, and um, that's when I decided to actually get full force in the real estate. And so I actually came in in late 2006 or 2007 when everyone thought I was crazy. And uh, I just used everyone's comments as fuel inside to just say, Hey, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to do what I need, what I know what I need to do. And I'm going to be successful in this. And that's what happened. And I just started slowly building one business and one business led to the next. The key to remember this that I've learned um, throughout my kind of business career is that success is sequential, not simultaneous. And people like to believe that it's it's simultaneous, like you just do one thing, it's all going to happen. It's actually very slow, slow, and then boom, right? It's that geometric curve. And I found this same concept applies whether it's in meditation, whether it's in your physical bodies, um, or in, in your social life, it just goes slow, slow, then suddenly. Uh, and that's been a really cool theme to see in my life. And, and then here we are today.
0: Wow. Man, yeah, thanks for sharing all that. I was just uh, kind of taking notes. I put it on mute, so my, my yeah. clacking of the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. that a lot of stuff there. That's a really inspiring oh. story. I think that um, it's it's interesting when a lot of people, they kind of not hit rock bottom, but they just they basically get to like, this is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember where I heard this. I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, David Hawkins recently, but he said yeah. there's like levels of bottoms. There's like the top bottom, and then there's the bottom bottom, like the ones that get into the bottom of the barrel, but they need to really go right in the the bottom and then just stay there and then they're able to come out. But it seems like you're what he refers to as like the top of the bottom being like, okay, I'm overweight. Yeah. I'm not stoked on anything. Um, Um, Do you remember like um, like an insight or something at that moment that like helped you change? Because I think a lot of people are, are near – you're like they're either right near the, the very bottom they can go. They're kind of like desperate and they just – you kind of feel out of control, you know? Like you could be anxious. You could be depressed and you just feel like the world has got you. And it, it doesn't need to be necessarily high school, although it would be awesome for you and I to talk to high school kids because yeah. – A lot of them are all messed up now because now when we were in high school, someone would call you a loser you know, and fat boy and stuff like that and it would hurt. But now they can do it on social media and it can stay there and it stays there permanently. It's awful. So maybe you can give some tips first to like the high school kids um, because I'm sure you'd have great ones. And then like that insight that just gave you like, okay, look, I'm I'm screwed. I'm overweight, but I can do this. I I can change things
1: yeah I always funny because it's uh, in high it's not funny but in high school at least when I was growing up <clears throat> sometimes we just fight and get it over with right it's like you that doesn't happen anymore now like to actually get it out of your system and move on and make up right and it does it lasts forever and it, I think it's the social bullying is a major issue right now um, we actually teach I teach a course called quantum leap for kids and we, we just taught it and we, had high, um, we opened it up to all the high school students to come in our area and teach them how to change their thinking because if you can change somebody's thinking it changes their actions then the actions ultimately change their results in life it's kind of the t plus a equals r right and so we taught a whole day course on uh for high school students about just life how to make decisions because here's the thing decisions are everywhere now there's no course called decision 101 but yet that's what we're faced with every day in this world that where everything's ubiquitous right it's just everything i actually believe this and i was going to get into this early and i'm going to answer your question but i actually think that the new sexy is going to be the simplicity of life if you think about this from perspective, 100 years ago, 90% of people were farming. So they actually physically were out there. They were growing crops. You could was, They had a system. They had a rhythm. You could see their, their production from it. They needed food. They needed to create it. Well, if you fast forward 100 years, food, at least for our society, is, is ubiquitous everywhere. And so people aren't necessarily so concerned about that, at least in our world. Um, and so when that happens entrepreneurship was born, right? That's when people woke up. And I believe that business is nothing but a catalyst for our own personal growth. I think people get into business now because they wouldn't otherwise be able to push through the problems and challenges that show up if they weren't in a business setting. So when you fast forward 100 years, now all of a sudden people get into business and entrepreneurship spurs, coaching spurs, all these things happen to help get people out of there. And then all of a sudden people wake up and they go, okay, well, what's my opportunity for growth? And that's where business came in. Now, other things are starting to become ubiquitous everywhere. It's like on social media. Like if you go up there for 30 seconds, like your friends are in Tahiti. One of them's in California. The other one just made honorable. Like you, you instantly feel insecure because everything's going around there, right? So I think the, the next sexy is going to be who can simplify their lives the most. And you're already seeing this. There's this really cool nature reserve. Called Canuck Nature Reserve. Actually, the ex-CFO of Google just invested into it. It's in Canada, and you should go there if you get a, ch- in a, in a if you ever get a chance. They have an 88% uh, guest return rate. So when you're there for a week or whatever it is, they hold your block for all the way until up until you leave that year, so you can book the next year. And it's completely off-grid chalets, and it's just it's, you can see the the secular change happening of people going to more being in that nature world, right? Of just when I say nature, it doesn't mean actually living in the woods. It just means like coming back to simplicity of life and getting more of that meaning because it's there. I think people go through what's called the chemistry of transformation. If you're familiar with this, and it's, this isn't something that I made up, um, but it's something that I just, I I try to teach to my kids constantly. And this is kind of what I went through as a freshman. And there's, there's essentially five steps to this. The first step is when people start having a disdain for something. And I'll use the example of meat. If you're eating meat, right? Say you loved eating meat. And you know, Everyone's like, hey, I'm going to give you this beautiful filet for 30 days. After a couple weeks, you start to like, hey, you know what? I don't really like this anymore, right? So you just – you start to ha- you start to create this kind of dissatisfaction. I'm sorry is the first step. You've got this dissatisfaction where you're like, you know what? I don't need this anymore in my life, right? And then the kind of next step, the 60 days go by and you're still eating it. And then all of a sudden you start waking up and you're like, I just never want to see meat again. I'm just creating this kind of disdain for it, Right. And then another 90 days go by Matt. right? And you're like, dude, here, you're keep eating meat, keep eating meat. And you're six months into this thing, right? And you're like, you've hit this emotional threshold at this point where you literally are like, no more. I can't do this anymore. Like, I've hit this, mo- this block where I'm- something has got to change, right, in my life. And then um, the fourth step is typically when people get to that emotional threshold, they get to what's the fourth step in the chemistry of the transformation is, it's- which is where they start to see – a better life, a better alternative, a better option, right? They can see it now, right? Because they've hit their point. They start asking different questions. The quality of life is determined by the quality of questions we ask. So they start asking a different question. Then all of a sudden they see it. Now here's the, here's the thing, though. If I can teach this to any high school student or anybody that's listening to this or all of us is when you get to step four and you can see a better alternative, a better route, a better life, take step five, which is the jump to the circle. Most of us never take the chance because of fear will paralyze us from not wanting to jump through that circle. And so if there's anything I can teach anybody, when you get to that moment, you can see a better path. It may be scary, and maybe may you may have some fear, but let me tell you, that is where life is. And part of what I've done in my life is, is realize that. So every time I see that opportunity, I take it. And there just some challenges that go along with it but it's really that kind of five-step process that people can get through and I think a lot of us, it may take 10 years to get to it. It may take six months right depending on where you're at but once you see that opportunity, go for it.
0: Awesome man, well you covered a whole lot there. I'm not sure where to start. Well the first thing I want to ask is what is the name of that place in Vancouver? I definitely want to check it out or not it's Vancouver called, in Canada. I mean it- It's
1: called Canuck, K-E-N-A-U-K, Canuck Nature Reserve.
0: Connect nature reserve. I'm definitely yeah. going to check that out. Yeah, and I, and I totally agree. I, I like your tagline for it. Uh, the new sexy is <laughs> the simplicity of life. And it's true though, you know, we were, you look at, I don't know, kings and queens back in the day and when you had wealth, you just put more stuff. Um, but we know for sure, well, that, you know, happiness doesn't come from accumulating wealth. Now there is a threshold of like, I've heard and it makes sense to have that like baseline need, you know, once you get that baseline, and there's a number for it, I don't know if it's like 60 grand or 90 grand or whatever the case is, um, you don't really get exponentially happier after you've hit that point, you're like, okay, cool, I'm taken care of, I know I'm not going to die, you know, money's coming. Um, But if you get, you know, millions, it doesn't really change that internal state. And so I do think that Um, You know, I've met some people that were really wealthy and then they had this house and they sold all their land because all they were doing was working and then working and then working and buying crap and it began, it owned them. And so we have this movement for tiny homes and, and things like that. So I really dig that. Um, What I want to ask is what was the, what was the, um, the catalyst to start the challenge and like, what are the processes? We can go anywhere with this, but I think that what you've kind of laid out from what I got um, was able to see, I think is really smart.
1: Yeah, well, you know, part of this was is it's it's is a model. People do better when they have model and clarity, right? And so, as a leader, you're at least in my belief, your number one job is to cast the vision, provide clarity, and then remove roadblocks that are associated with your clarity, right, in the direction of where the organization's going. So, one of the things that we're really big on in our world at the Companies is you know personal growth through business success right that's kind of our like that's how we look at it so we want to always get personal personal growth from that so then we kind of laid it out right like i'm big in the racing I, I compete um in iron man's actually just last weekend um, I, uh, I, I competed in the world championship adventure series racing, which was a 30 hour race, uh, in Indiana, which was pretty, and in- so I'm still recovering from that. Actually, it was, it was pretty, pretty intense out there. Um, and so kind of doing this on the physical side of kind of getting out of mediocrity is to get somebody to move and look here's the cool thing. Everyone's heart is their heart. So for me, a 30-hour race may be hard. For somebody who's walking around the block, maybe they're hard. And that's awesome, right? You want to challenge people to go find their own heart and then just keep expanding on that constantly so you never get idle, right? I think staying, people can grow and then stay in mediocrity. So the goal is that if, can you surround, can you create an organization that fosters the, the, um, the consistent growth Uh, enough for individuals so they don't feel too stretched but just enough that they're constantly growing right and that's really the environment you want to keep people in so i have you know i've got a a bunch of people we have about 400 people in my organization we've got about 10 percent of our folks doing transcendental meditation which you and i started off with a little meditation i got kind of just started doing that right off and i forgot a little bit how much time we're actually doing it Um, so i meditate twice a day and we got people into that big and 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 we've seen there was the clarity that comes from meditation i'm sure you can speak more eloquently than I can on meditation, but that's been a huge thing. And then I've gotten people into, um, some of them are doing triathlons now. Some of them are doing run races. We have, you know, one of my assistants is doing a bodybuilding competition that we're And, and look, I pay for almost all of this for everybody, um, through our organization because I understand the importance that if people can use a physical component of their body to get out of mediocrity, it's going to leak into every other aspect of their life. This is fascinating. When I first started getting into triathlons, so I did that two years ago. It's just a way of just to, to kind of spur up and get people to physically move. Um, and so it was kind of like my own challenge for my, my organization. If I knew that, if I started doing that, people would be inspired to go do something, right? And so when I, when I first found out about this is um, I started reading a bunch of books, and I found that there was a high divorce rate, Matt. Um, between people that started doing Ironmans. And I thought, well, that kind of makes sense because the time commitment. Then when I'd come to find out, it actually had nothing to do with the time commitment. You have to remember, people will train for two, three years to go compete in an Ironman or just compete with themselves, right, in the Ironman. And what happens is, is their partner either will change or they won't. So if their partner, if they change to go compete in Ironman and you, and you change your habits up, right, and you, and you put physical fitness and eating as part of your, your focus and you go and compete in this Ironman and you're just, brought, you're just there, and then you come back and your partner's like, okay, Matt, go back to who you were. That's impossible for people to do. So then all of a sudden people have to go a different direction. They're going to go like, I'm not going to stay at this with you anymore because you're, not, you're holding me back, right? Right or wrong, they're, they're just not going to do it. So they actually end up going other ways. Or it does this. The other partner goes out there and inspires it. The person goes to the Ironman, sees how all the inspiration, of all these people crossing it and go, I'm going to go do it, right? Or I'm going to go do a marathon or I'm going to go do my own first 5K or whatever it is. And so that physical, I think physicality in terms of moving first is the first step to getting people out of mediocrity and getting people to move because it's the fastest way to feel something change in your body. And it's impossible for that not to leak into every other aspect of your body or of your life. And it's impossible for it not to leak to the people around you.
0: Yep. <laughs> 100% agree. Um, you know, they, there's so many like words for it, you know, like the body is a temple, all that mm-hmm. stuff. We know that um, you got to take care of the body first as self-care. And it's also your energy system. And it also relates to focus, clarity of mind, every single thing you could think of taking care of the body does. and. You know, when it comes to, like, fitness or taking care of the body, I just recommend do something fun. Do something that inspires you. You know, triathlon, like, good for you. That is super impressive. Um, Shout out to one of my good friends, Ian Kennedy, who started a train for one a few years ago. Um, He's done smaller ones, but I've watched the immense – amount of training has to do and all the progress. I'm like, oh my God, like yeah. that's intense. You know, I do athlete, you know, I haven't done any endurance stuff like that other than, um, you know, long distance races and things like that. But that's impressive. But one of the things for me in my life that's shaped who I am for sure is, is martial arts. And martial arts really embodies that, that growth mindset. And I think that's the key of what you're touching on is just that bit of growth. You, you always got to – you're either growing or dying. You can say stuff like that. Tony Robbins will talk about you want to change your state, you got to change your body. And then he goes – does his thing, which is freaking awesome. Um, but is. the body matters. And if you look at somebody's like um, – the way they sit, the way they stand, the way they talk, the physiology. So whether it's walking around the block, um, anything. You know, One of my friends, he is a big guy. And he is, he's, is, he's. Is, oh my god! And he started to do um like aerial um what are those things with the ropes? Yeah, like the, like the silk things. And he, I'm just imagining this like 220 pound dude, flinging through. But he liked it, and he ended up getting jacked because that thing That's is awesome. super strong. But yeah. it inspired him. It made him happier. He enjoyed, you know what he was doing more. So, yeah, man, I, I 100% agree. You have to start there. Um, do you want to continue on with other elements or add on to that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, and you, and you probably from the martial arts, it's, and the people don't understand that the physical component is, requires just as much a mental and emotional fitness to complete the physicality of it. Because people, people think that I, for some reason, have this kind of consumption. That I love exercise. we're actually don't love it, to be honest with you. What I love is the feeling that I get after it because I know I had a mental victory, right? I woke up this morning and I had to swim a couple miles. I had to run and, and I'm, I'm coming off this big race and I'm like, it's raining. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is go get into a cold pool right now. And I'm like, dude, Adam, you don't cheat yourself, dude. And this is my self-talk, right? Like get up, move right now. And I just got up, get in there just get in. I didn't enjoy any of that, right? But I enjoyed the minute I got done it. And I was like, you know what? Boom. I just created my victory for the day. And if you, can, if you can get out of bed, for me, it's got to be – I start about 3 to 4 a.m. every morning. So it's got to be early for me to start this and get it done. But when I, when I get through my whole morning routine, which consists of meditation, journaling, affirmations, and exercise, if I get through all that, then breakfast with my family – I know that when I get to my office by 8 o'clock, I've done everything that was really, really that important to me. And now I'm just there prepared as a leader, as a, as a friend, as a brother, as a husband, as a father to be the best person I can be that day.
0: That's awesome, man. That's really beautiful. Well, it's interesting that you say that because um, I kind of got caught up a little bit this summer and uh, a while ago after coming Birdie Man in a Funk and just realizing out of getting what is important, for you to feel good about life. And that simple uh, process, you know, journaling is super important. You don't have to write anything. Um, You know, you could do um, just five, five things you're grateful for five things that you you're trying to call in. And you know, Tim Shields talked about that. And I was like, it's the simplest way to start Just start there. And then you can write whatever you want. Meditation, a little bit of mindfulness affirmations, like where are you going? Because you're either creating your life by default, like it's just getting created and you're observing it, or you're influencing it in some way. You can't influence – it's not perfect. can't influence everything, but you can influence a great deal of it. And then you learn the the mindset of allowing the things that you didn't really necessarily want, that were challenging, that are throwing you for a loop, that are not great, and you just are able to – Control your state of mind in the sense of, like, allow it to be, have a powerful perspective of what that thing is, um, but then continue on, like, you know, your vision. So, it's just like yin-yang, push-pull, surrender, create uh, balance, and you're hitting that right in the morning, and it's super, super key, and that will make you feel a certain way.
1: Yeah, I tell you, so for journaling for me, and I've shared this with a lot of people who have asked this. it's the first, the first thing I do, and as soon as I get up, I meditate for 20 minutes, and then I get right into a series of journals, and so um, I'll share this kind of a little bit with, with, your, with your audience. The first one is I do a gratitude journal, which is I'm grateful for, and I try to keep it the most simplistic things, like for the wind, for the rain. I'm grateful for being alive today. I'm grateful for the opportunity to help somebody. Just make it, I don't make it necessarily material items. Sometimes they sneak in there, but again, I make it very simple about it, and I just get into a rhythm about 10 minutes of that. Then I journal about, I have a journal for each one of my kids and I have three kids under six and I journal about them every single day. And I, um, I do this for a couple of reasons. One, sometimes I have, I, I struggle staying in the moment with my kids so the day before, I know that if I'm journaling about them the next day, about something different that they said or did, that more, the day before, it helps keep me, it's a model, to keep me engaged into something that they're doing, something I didn't notice about them. And then I'll snap a photo or two of what they're doing, and I'll, and I'll it automatically uploads to the cloud, and I use Evernote for journaling. So I get into his, like, asterisks, and I'll talk about his journal, about his day, things he said, and then I supplement it with photos. So every day since my kids have been born, they and even in the womb, they have, like, a journal about their life every day, 99.9% of the time, right? And I bring in there, so it helps me, and it also helps me really get into the rhythm of what's important in my life. And so each one of my kids, I journal about them to stay in the moment. And also, if something were to happen to me right now, and I were to... to move spiritually beyond out of this physical realm, I would want them to know how I feel about them. And, you know, and at the ages they are, they may not remember that. So I just want to make sure that they remember that um, and can hear it from my voice and nobody else's narrative. Um, and so I, I am, I'm purposeful on that. And then I do one with my wife every day. And this one can be harder to be grateful for about your partner. Um, but what it does is it forces me, if, if we weren't in the best of moods the night before, and it forces me to be grateful for something about her. So it changes my own state before I see here. So I'm not bringing any negative energy that morning to that conversation. So it forces me to change. And then I go right into like the Adam's life. And this is the good, the bad, the ugly. This is where I just want to just clear my mind, right? Like of, okay, what's my plan? What's my goal today? What is the one that has to be executed? What's my 4-1-1? What is the things I have to get done today? Who in my world, what, what direction do I want to set? And so I just literally just kind of run through this, and this takes that journaling takes me about forty-five minutes, right? And then I'll jump into um, a series of affirmations. I use one tool which I'll share with with your with you, Matt, um, for your for listeners and audience. Um, it's called a future self, and it's been really instrumental in my life. And the future self is on six different categories, similar to the, the our challenge that we had for me get breaking out of mediocrity. It's of uh, financial, it's of um, physical, spiritual, social um, and professional, uh, future, future selves. And so it's on all these different categories and we use kind of three year increments. So it's like, you're writing it out in three years from now and each category, it's just like you said about life can just be by default, or you can help actually design your life. And this is aiding in that process of helping design your life. You know, it's, it's clicking on your ads, it's doing all those things. And so you write out your life in each one of these categories about what it is it's like a blank canvas, right? What is it? Who do you want to become in the next three years? Right. And you can change it six months in. If you want to change some wording around or whatever it is, you don't, you don't have to marry it. Just date the model. So you're constantly going there. But I read this every day as a way of saying, am I following this? Am I leading this? Here's the cool thing is you don't know, it's like slowly, slowly, then boom. Like you'll like literally keep going and keep on. Like nothing's happening. Nothing's happening here. Then all of a sudden you'll read one day and you go, man, yesterday I just did this. Like it's just, it, you know, how it goes, it just hits it. And you're like, holy crap. That was awesome. Right? Like you just like, man, man, there it is. And sometimes it'll show up in different ways than you expected. And then I always found that life doesn't just show up in a beautiful box, handwritten to exactly what it is that you wanted, right? At a perfect time that you need it. But it shows up in different ways to be able to accomplish these things. And I think life unfolds exactly for us and not to us um, as long as we're being purposeful on what it is that we're going after.
0: Oh, my God. That was so practical and useful and fantastic. The right. tools that you can use right now in your life, <laughs> no, that, that is so money and on point. And I love that. And, and you're, you're basically living evidence in how Elrod wrote a book called The Miracle Morning, which is the same thing. I, do you remember what the five are? This is like, uh, I forget he's got an acronym for it. Do you remember?
1: I don't remember, but I read the book. I remember, yeah, it was very similar. Yeah, yeah
0: same idea. Yeah. But these are principles, just like um, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, there's principles that successful people use to design and shape and influence their life. And these are all part of them, mindfulness, affirmations, journaling. Um, and what you're doing basically, as you do that, it's you um, taking a look at yourself and imagining and then creating. And like when you're in kindergarten and, and you know younger, you're just imagining yourself like, oh, I could do anything. What happens is when you get into like teenage years, university and life kicks in and you realize, oh my God, this is not as easy as, as it was described. Everything was just taken care of for me. <laughs> Now I got to go find money and it's taking all my time How yeah. do this. And when we forget to create, now you can do this all um, with a family. You have a family. You can do this all from where you are and you start with gratitude. It's not like, hey, you don't have enough. You're not good enough. You're not doing anything. It's just like, hey, hey, man or lady, who yeah. are you? What do you want to keep creating? You're not done just because you have a kid and a job that's like, providing for you, you're not done. You can expand and you use that growth and that level to propel you to the next one, of your choosing, but you have to imagine it, and you're the only one who can imagine it. So if you don't put any time into imagining and, and creating, and you'll notice that when you do the daily journal, um, I use the my my life is ideal when, um, but it, but I don't like that sometimes in a Zen perspective, suggesting that it's not ideal now. My life is ideal now, and I'm you know and I'm calling in whatever. And I have had those examples. If you look at my journals, which I keep, um, a lot of the goals they all get hit. The important yeah. ones, you know? And Sweet. then it just it just shows up. But what it does is it keeps you aligned and you refine. Cause at first you won't know, right? You'd be like, okay, I'm overweight. I want to be a little bit healthier. Great. Then it'll get a little bit more specific. I want to be able to walk a K. Great. I want to be able to jog a K and give yourself three years or 10 years of time. Give yourself some space. you know the first i didn't go to the gym for a bit um then i went to the gym last week and i was like oh my god i never it's always the hardest to start now you know i've been like pretty much every day um but i'm like cool now it's a part of like i'm doing this now so all of that's really uh such fundamental and important work to do just start there don't do anything else and you're gonna be moving the only thing that i would add on to that and you probably have it in there somewhere in your own way um is, is inviting prayer or higher power or like spirituality. Um, yeah. just say, Hey, you know, spirit of the universe or, or thing. Like if you could help, um, you know, bring me in an ideal client or, or even help me with the will to, I have no will to stop this addiction and to go to work. If you could just give me some support with that. Thanks. And you're communicating with this like realm, whether you are kind of universe, space, nature, whatever, just call it in and ask for the assistance you need and then just let it go. And then move about your day, taking the action that you can. So that's brilliant. You can either speak on that, because I'm speaking fast, because you're giving so much practical advice, um, or go on to the next step, whatever you want, man. This is, this is funny. You know,
1: I love it. You know, um, you know the number one thing I, I hear from people is that I don't have time, right? But let me just clear something up. That time is not the cheat in life, right? People, everybody that I know has 24 hours in a day, right? Time is not the cheat. People like to believe that time is the cheat. But let me tell you, like I always use this example is, you know, like my kids will never get up early. Like they just, they always drag in there except for when we're going on vacation. It's amazing. Going on vacation. We got to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. They're up at 1.30. They're dressed. They're getting their sister dressed. They're already ready, right? Even, even us, right? Like all of a sudden when we're, when we're um, we got to get up for something that we want to get up for. We all of a sudden have all this inspiration to get up, right, to do it. So if we start measuring our days in minutes and not hours and not days or not weeks or not months of our life, we start measuring our life in minutes, we start to realize how important each minute is. And so if we start putting that importance on each minute, then we realize how much more we can actually accomplish in a day. People overestimate what they can do in a day, but they underestimate the power of what you can do if you, as long as you apply the same concept every day consistently, you hit a geometric curve. But you can't hit a geometric curve if you go two weeks, stop for a week, and then try to go. Like you're not gonna, You're not going to build up that momentum to hit that growth curve, right? So start measuring your day in minutes. And if you can do this, you can find an hour. You can find 30 minutes. I promise you, no matter how busy you are, you can find that time.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. And you could also get up earlier too, you know, like for me, that's a challenge. Um, But I work late into the night. So as long as I get it done, I feel good or I'll flip it. You know, if I'm by myself completely, I'm able to do that. But there's a really important note around the power of consistency. I think there's like a universal law around it. And that's why usually habits 30 days, you know, they say give or take. That's some people believe it. Some people don't. But I know that if you can do something 30 days, you're going to get a result. Um, So that's really
1: you know what's cool? So um, there's a book out there called One Thing. My mentor, one of my mentors, actually wrote this book, um, and he talks about the, um, the It's so they did a he didn't, but he they pulled in a bunch of research on habits. So you know, like the whole original 21 Day Habit came from a book. Maybe you've read. It's called Psycho Cybernetics by um, Maxwell Waltz, where he said on average people he was doing amputations in the 50s and 60s. To people who really needed plastic surgery and different things, not from a cosmetic standpoint. And what he found was, on average, it took about 21 days for somebody to get used to a new limb or a new body part. So that's kind of stuck with us for a while. Well, there's a bunch of research that was done and was pulled into a book called The One Thing, And they talk about how, on average, it takes 66 days to create and sustain a habit. Now, why on average? Because if you're quitting smoking cigarettes, that could take three years. If you're learning how to floss, it may take a week, right? So there's different variables based on the amount of willpower that you need to be able to use. And here's the thing. Willpower is not on call. And we think that it is. If it was on call, we wouldn't be at 8 o'clock at night staring at a piece of cake wanting to get it, right? And like all of a sudden, like you got to throw it in the trash. And even, even if it's in the trash, you're still trying to find a piece that hasn't hit the side, right? And you're trying to get it. I mean, willpower is not, it's like a cell phone battery, whether you use it or not, it's just gone. Um, when you wake up in the morning, it's much easier to maintain your habits because you have that strong willpower. So what we have to do is learn how to create better habits in our life because that's what we're a combination of. We're a combination of what we do every day is who we've actually become, right? And that is a direct reflection of your habits. So on average, it's about six six days. So what I'd encourage all of us to do is look at that in like a series of quarters, so don't go out there and try to go out. I'm gonna create. I'm gonna start exercising. I'm gonna start journaling tomorrow. I'm gonna quit my job. You know, I'm gonna go find a person, and then all it's all gonna happen in seven days, right? Pick the main habit that you want to create over the next quarter. And we just, I mean, three days ago the next quarter started, so it's a great time to do it, right? Pick something that you want to do in your life. Maybe it's in business. Maybe it's in spiritual. Maybe it's in social. Maybe it's in physical but pick one habit that you're going to master so that when you wake up on January 1st, you're not taking you know, a, a time to figure out what your what a habit is that you want to create because you just use that over the last, this last quarter to create a new habit. And once you do that each quarter, think about where people would be if each quarter they just added one habit that they wanted to implement in their life in a year, in two years, in three years, and you can see the success and the, the compounding growth and the confidence that people will gain from adding a, habit in each quarter that they're trying to do it. And so if there's anything that you can go out there and kind of throw into it right away is pick one thing that you want to focus on for the remainder of the year or this quarter and just focus on that.
0: That's awesome advice, man. I'm not even going to add on to it. Other than to say that to, um, you know, you, you take too big of a chunk, you know, just do it in little bits, just do what you can. Any, and it, you think about all the things you want to change, financial, spiritual, emotional, physical is like too much. Oh, am I going to do yoga? Am I going to do weight training? Am I going to do CrossFit? Am I going to do whatever? Just do one thing, just pick that one thing. So that's brilliant advice. I also agree. Um, so do you want to get into the, like, um, cause you're you're covering a lot of the stuff in here. Um, do you have, like, is the challenge something ex- specific on how you take it and the elements of it? Cause all of those are really great too. I don't know if you go into detail or each one or you overlay it and then go in
1: kind of overlay it all and then kind of jump into each one. But we've been talking a lot about physical, um, you know, the spiritual side of this, right. And so what I try to get people to do is in, in all of those kind of realms and those categories is to pick one, every six months or so and kind of master that master one. So whether you pick physical, whether you pick spiritual or social, whatever it is that you want to pick for um, kind of like your next challenge, pick it and then stay with it. So it becomes a habit, right? It's like tomorrow go out there and put your pants on with your right leg first, right? Just go feel how weird that feels just from doing something so different, right? Or if you put your right leg on first, do it in the left leg, right? And that's what you realize how, how here's the crazy thing, Matt is uh, I just read this, that 45% of of our daily habits are unaccountable for on the average person, meaning that 45% of what we do, we don't even actually realize we're doing it. That's almost half of our day, folks. Like, that's insane to think about that, right? So then how do we start shaping that down, right, so that we actually are taking control of our habits and creating the person that we actually want to create for? The spiritual side of this is, um, for me, I'll share a little story, so when I was about 26 years old, um, I, I, I had this kind of financial metric number in my mind. It was like $500,000 that when I made that annually, like I was going to like, like something was like going to happen and I was going to like be this magical person or something. And I hit it and uh, and I remember, I remember this day so vividly. And I, I came home and I was like, yeah, this is cool. I told my mom about it. it who's like the least person who cares about money. And she's like, oh, that's great, Adam, and moved on. And I realized right in that moment that people don't give a shit they actually don't care, right? I was like, oh my God, like this is, I was like, look what I did in Vermont, look what I'm doing here, I'm like, I'm doing some, all this stuff and I'm like, nobody cares. And so I actually got depressed, I really did, I, I got depressed and I was like, well, holy mackerel, like if, this, if, if I don't feel any different from this number, right, that I thought I was gonna hit, I thought I was gonna feel this feeling, like all of a sudden there's like something was gonna come in and I was gonna feel a certain way, then what's life about? And so I, then I went on this whole spiritual journey about nine years ago And um, that's really kind of set in That said, well, there's got to be more to life than this. And I I brought that story up when I was 16. It's about 10 years after that is when that event happened. And then I use that same kind of that same confidence of saying, you know what, there's got to be more to life than this, just like I asked 10 years ago. And I know there's more. So what is that? And so then I started winning on. That's when I started getting into meditation. I started getting more into journaling. I started getting more into the whole kind of um, understanding there's a higher purpose and a higher being that's guiding a lot of what I'm doing. And so that's when I also started making life about other people. And it's funny because the minute I started making life about other people, my businesses started exploding, right? They started actually improving. Everything started becoming easier in my life, right? Things would fall into place. And I realized, like as Tony Robbins says, the secret to living is giving, right? Like I just realized that whole component and I have really started adding that whole giving component on to a much deeper level strategically over the last couple of years um, as I, I realized how much more that is, whether it's my time, whether that's energy or money, whatever the best course of giving is at that moment. Um, and it's just, it's just. I actually had this sign right here in my thing It says, I'm addicted to making other people uh, feel uh, wealthy. And wealthy is not a component of money. Wealth is all of those things that we're talking about physical so i don't want people just to be rich i want people to actually have meaning in their life because when you're about to take your last breath in this physical world it's not going to be about what you what you achieved or your trophies or anything it's going to be about the impact that you had in other people's lives and i want to own the afterlife meaning i want people to have fun with what the things that we did and, and be able to take that and take the intangible assets of my life the lessons which is why you see so many people that are have all the money in the world writing books or teaching or doing all these things because they realize that, oh my God, I have so much to share. And I think that's that's the next kind of step in my life and I'm excited to be on that trajectory.
0: Wow, well yeah, man. All of that again is is right on point. Um, one of the things that I've kind of come to realize and, and believe for myself is like, you know, one of the component components of being enlightened, you know, and I don't see it in the way some people say it, you know, I just like just kind of like just a little bit more awareness or like awake, or they say, Oh, now I'm awakened. Well, one of the things that you realize when you're actually that way, it's not about life isn't about what can I get and acquire. It's not about getting as much stuff as I can and getting more stuff and then getting more stuff and then getting cooler stuff. Um, Somebody called it a little bit more syndrome. I can't remember who, but I like that. Yeah. When I get a little bit more, I get a little bit more, but you switch it to what can I give? How can I serve? It does two things. Number one, you're going to, you're going to reach a more elevated state because look at all of nature. It's cooperative. it, It works together. And then the other thing is it's, it can be based on what you enjoy because you're going to enjoy giving it, you know what I mean? You're going to have tools and traits in um, studying with the Native American elder. One of the star teachings, there's like 21, but one of them is just share what you know, practice what you know is one and share what you know. And so, you know, I can have joy um, sharing snowboarding, you know, and impact people in a positive way to give them joy and teach them life lessons. And that's why I chose sport, you know, wrote a um, around that because I can connect with kids around something that I enjoy I always love sport um, martial arts and things like that but also can share all these deeper meanings and it brings me joy and it brings them joy it's like a win-win I'm I feel like it's aligned with me so when you're kind of like lining that up and thinking about what can I give how can I serve you're going to get to a different level of of consciousness uh, but that's that real wealth like what what is wealth what is Um, prosperity in that sense, if you don't have that meaning, but if you can get it for yourself, have the meaning and then create, you know, in Buddhism, they'll call it right livelihood. Um, So you can be wherever you are right now. Think about what you love and you're passionate about, get good at that, share it with somebody else and you'll get some more livelihood from it. That's kind of like the essential um, thing. So on your spiritual journey, um, you know, for where you are now, and this is, so the first part of this uh, detox challenge is physical. Um, So just getting clear on that. The second start is spiritual. Oh, the one thing that I wanted to say too about um, 45% of your habits are unaccounted for. I would think that like, if you include work and all that kind of stuff, you're running at like 90%, just some sort of fear operating system for somebody else's agenda. And when you begin to journal, just start writing out your day, write out repetitive thoughts, write out repetitive beliefs, what you did. And over a week, you're going to start to see, oh, cool. Like I'm eating out too much crappy food. Oh, I'm drinking like four times a week. Oh, I'm doing this. Then you can identify what you would like to switch. It might not happen right away. Just choose one thing. Okay, cool. I'm not going to eat cake every lunch or I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Whatever the case is. So you begin to identify and get it out of the unconscious patterns that just run they're just running and then you can start to input. You're kind of like a computer in that way where you have this software. You yeah. can change your software through your own consciousness. So maybe you can speak more on spirituality, your spiritual growth, anything you want to add on there or, or move to the next one which you touched on a little bit.
1: What, when did you find um, that kind of raising that level of consciousness or enlightenment in your life? I'm just curious. I've been listening to you talk about that. What, was there a moment for you? Matt?
0: Well, yeah, you know, I've been asked this on uh, other podcasts, and this is the when I realized that it was a little bit different in a in a way where when I grew up, I I grew up a martial artist. My dad was a martial artist, and he would uh, teach me all these different things. But right away, I was very curious about what humans were capable of, what I was capable of, and part of martial arts is mind, body, spirit. And so, a big part of that was connecting to this force, chi energy, prana, whatever. But I also had this like spiritual. Um, like inkling like there's something here like I'm not just gonna die and I remember telling my parents like I don't die like I don't think I'm gonna die. But now I think my physical body will probably die, but I know that I'm eternal and I knew it instantly. And so for me, I was always just really curious about that force and like I was um, so it was like this progression. And then, you know, like you said, you started at an early age as well, like 15. When I was younger, I was looking at meditation, astral projection, lucid dreaming, all this kind of stuff. Um, But I knew there was like this spiritual element. And for me, in navigating my life, the little bit of a different thing was always just like I want to grow and I want to help. And, it was, and that was one of the main differences. It wasn't like, how can I go get this? This is like, how do I just first of all survive this? Because this is challenging. This is a lot more challenging than I thought. Um, but what can I give back? How can I help and how can I grow and how can I learn? And how can I share that with others? So that was that was my experience. That's awesome. Love that. Love that.
1: Yeah. I mean, in, from the spiritual side, it's really what it's, people ask, you know, what does it do? What does meditation do? Or what are the, And I, I like to explain it as kind of enlightenment, if you will, um, is, is a kind of, a, for me, it's like a never ending growth path, but it's, it's also really just kind of raising your level of consciousness, which is just changing your thinking. So meaning that like, you ever, ever like, if you see a child running over a wood stove and they've never hit the wood stove before, they don't know that it's hot, right? So you're, you're, you know that you can't go touch that because it's going to be hot until they learn that. So the faster you can kind of raise your level of consciousness, which is again, changing that wavelength, changing your thinking process, you start to see the world differently. Right? So you start to all of a sudden open up, and you're like, wow, like we're much more interconnected. And I made a note that you, you talked about how um, everything in nature is so connected. When I was in Kilimanjaro, out in, when I was in Africa, we flew to Tanzania for um, a uh, safari, and we had this really cool guy that was walking um, guiding us around, and he was really like a native dude, and he was awesome, and I learned a ton from him about nature. But I wrote a, I wrote a, blog, a big blog. I actually we went around and taught about this for a little while about the interconnectedness of nature when, I was, when you're in the middle of their forest, how everything was so connected. And it was literally like this example. He's like, he sat there for like two hours. He's like, I want to show you guys something. And we're like, okay, what do you to show me? Like, he's like, look up in that tree. I'm like, there's nothing up there. He's like, yeah, you see that leaf? That leaf has this nut. You see this bird that came over here? That bird sat on that. And then release the nut and by the way did you see the animal underneath there waiting for that bird to come drop the nut and grab that bird and that that animal would go over there it would open up that cave and that's where that would go and you just he, he literally showed like the pathways how everything was so connected and i just remember feeling like wow like why why do we all of a sudden sometimes feel so disconnected with the rest of the world are we not what are we not what are we missing right what are we not seeing how fa- much faster do we have to raise our level of consciousness? To see the world the way everybody else does, and understand that it's it's so much more powerful than we than we we even can even begin to comprehend, and it's all a wonderful complex system that's designed to operate exactly how it is. And I think we interfere with that too much. Sometimes when you can just you you talked earlier about how you just you let it be, right? Like you you just you kind of ask the, the world, the higher being, for something, and you kind of let it go. And that's like that release of that consciousness and just allowing the forces to show up in a different way. And It's just a really fascinating thing to, to see how comp- how interconnected the world is and how it supports you as long as you're supporting the world. And it'll come back in some way or another. So to me, when we talk about spirituality in the mediocrity, it's really just about how do you grow your own thinking, your own level of consciousness and understanding that there is a much higher purpose and being that's around you. And how do you create a model so that you're, you're forcing yourself to get better at that every day?
0: Yeah, man, all that's awesome insight that, you know, the internet interconnectedness of everything, right? You are a part of this bigger picture. And I think as a culture, you're, we're racing and that's what you talked about, like the simplicity we're racing all the time. Um, and so we're missing the whole thing as we rush and rush and rush and rush. And, you know, you don't necessarily have to do that. You can start letting go of all the things that are, you know, like the, the TV shows and the iPads and all that stuff's not going to really give you a, you know, a a deep and and meaningful experience you know as maybe like watching a sunset or getting connected with nature or just slowing down a little bit you know if you look at a little kid they're just taking forever to do anything because they're like fully in the moment you know just trying to play with my nephew the other day like we're bouncing on the bed he's like fully present and then he's in the bathtub and I'm just trying to get him done so I can get yeah. to the next thing right i'm trying to get to a goal right no. he's got a be present and in it everywhere and I was like okay cool <laughs> like
1: <laughs> well, see, it's funny too because like I, I struggle with that sometimes like I find myself like I just need to get through this I'm like why Adam what one someone closer to one, one day closer to death like what what am I? I literally that's my self-talk I'm like why do I why am I rushing through this right now like you know somebody came to my and like I just can't wait to get through this I said no you don't I said don't wait to get through this because you don't know what the next 30 days of your life is going to look like you you need to embrace all of this and understand that this is a great journey that we're actually on and so I, I find that like as being a heart, like, I, I enjoy growth and leadership from a business perspective, and I find myself, like, wanting to get, like, I just need to get to this day. I'm like, no, I don't. Stop. Stop with that conversation in my head, because then I'm going to miss life, right? Bring the problems on. I love the problems. Great, because that means I'm, I'm in the middle of all of this, and it's just something that, you know, that I struggle with, that I just constantly work on, that of like, don't try to force yourself to get through tough times just to get through it, because what's the point?
0: Yeah, that's a really good point that I'll, that I'll kind of add on to. It's like, it's something that I've deepened my level of understanding of recently. It's getting comfortable with the uncomfort, right? When you're training for the triathlon or when I was training with the Shaolin monks, that training was not comfortable. I was literally punching and kicking a tree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. (laughs) What am I doing? Um, You know, everything about that experience was painful, but I, but I learned a lot. And so when you're doing triathlon or doing all these things, a lot of that is painful, um, but we're pushing ourselves. So if we can shift our perspective around embracing the things that we don't want to do in an empowering way and even make it joyful, if you can make it not terrible, that's a huge upgrade. But if you can get to the space of like fully accepting it, embracing it, that's a part of your growth and your experience. It's, it's all of it. We don't get the nitpick here. We're getting exactly. it all. Right. Some of it's not going to be good. Um, so yeah, just going through it and embracing it, it's going to be a little bit more powerful because we're just, we're going to be navigating life, trying to avoid pain the whole time, which is what we're basically programmed to do. Yeah. Um, so if you learn how to get into it and then also accept failure, I love, I still haven't read the book, but I've been referencing it a lot is, uh, Kyle cease I hope I fail that's a part of it failure is definitely a part of the whole thing it's cool to fail enjoy the fail failure is you're in it happens you know and skateboarding teaches you that it's like oh (laughs) and then some brief moments of success Um, and you know go ahead
1: yeah I just I love the the failure concept because you know we're kind of in this society now where people like fail forward fail forward and then I I love teaching this part is that um, what happens is we teach people to fail forward and then all of a sudden, people start actually failing forward, and then they're like, well, hold on, pause. Matt, pause for a second. You didn't tell me failure was actually going to feel like this. Like, yeah, I said oh, I said I wanted to fail forward, so I had this big slide that says you actually have to fail. If you are fully embracing fail forward, it actually means you have to actually fail. Because failure it can be painful if you're not embracing the fact that it's going to actually get you further on from where you are in that growth phase. But folks, just understand that if you want to take on that concept of what Matt's talking about here, failing forward, it means you're actually going to fail. And that's going to be a good thing because you hopefully can learn from that, get a high return on your failure, and then kind of elevate the rest of the people around you.
0: hundred percent. Right. It's just growth. You know, like if you look at martial arts, you have this competitor and you start in your little town, then you go up and up and up and up in competition. And you know, whether it's business or spirituality or whatever element, you're, you're pushing yourself to see what you're capable of. Like, whoop, there was my limit. You know, same with snowboarding. You know. I was like, oh, I can do a 360. Oh, I can do a 540. Oh, my God, I can't do a 720. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then you just try, and then eventually you get it. But it's a part of that process is like, what am I capable of? You know, and I've always been curious to that. What are humans capable of? And humans are doing amazing things. And people who are successful are sharing that template where you're, you're using the word model. You know, Zen Athlete, I have a model of like, this is – you know, it could be Zen life. This is the model of like peak performance, creating what you want. I think a really important piece for me that a lot of people miss is giving yourself um, a goal that is that is from your heart so that you wouldn't change it if you had $100 million. You might not start with that clarity, but it's a direction, you know. We, we're like, okay, I want to do this, but you don't really. It's based on like mindset. You know, It's like, but if you can find that goal and that passion and that thing that lights you up, it's not going to get clear right away, but you move towards it. And once you find that direction you, and you had all the money and you would do it anyways, then you're really, really aligned because no matter what hurdle comes up and hurdles come up and they come up when they're unexpected and sometimes they hurt, sometimes you fall down, but what's happening is you're moving towards something that inspires you, being created by you, defined by you. Um, then you're going to just get over it because that's a part of it. And you, it's just how we grow. We get feedback, grow, feedback, grow, and adapt. Um, so you can either add on to that or, or touch on you know, one of the, yeah, one of the touches intellectual. And I think intellectuals got to come before spiritual, maybe not, maybe spiritual yeah. first, but yeah. I'm just thinking in the sense that, you know, I, Hawkins puts it a different way. He's like, yeah, intellect, very smart scientists, intellectuals, very get, uh, rarely get beyond, I don't know what, he has this Dawkins scale of consciousness, wow. but they don't get to that next level because they don't get to the surrender part where it's just like, bro, you don't know. There's <laughs> no way you could know. You can't yeah. know. You can know a lot. From yes. Human mind, but you, you want to talk about universal mind? You don't know anything. Um, exactly. So how do we, that's where that little bit of surrender comes in and, and working with like, oh, I can identify this with this scientific method, which is helpful. We want to praise the intellect. We want to praise the ego for all the stuff that it does. But, and there's this bigger thing that goes beyond understanding. Yeah.
1: Well, I love, if you haven't read the book Principles by Ray Dalio, it's an incredible book because he is somebody who is, you know, he largely, he runs the largest private hedge fund in the world. And it's probably one of the individuals who is least on anybody's radar because he purposely decides to be like that. Actually, his book Principles was kind of his first kind of lifeline book. But he's big in the TM actually too. He has a whole TM facility. He actually credits meditation as the single biggest source for for where he is today, um, which, is, which is pretty uh, strong credibility given who the guy is. But in his book, he talks about how he went to the trial and error of thinking he was right. He's a brilliant intellectual mind. But then he made the switch and said, you know what? If I'm right, I want somebody to, to, I, I always want to assume that I'm wrong because if I'm right, I'm just going to prove myself right. So therefore, instead of just assuming that I'm right, I'm going to assume that I'm wrong. And then if I end up proving myself right, I'm just right anyways. And so we took this really cool concept. Um, and that's like a philosophy in his organization called Bridgewater's with Bridgewater Capitals, this company. And it's just really fascinating with the intellectual. So I love how you, how you put that Matt. man for, for the kind of the detox challenges, for people, for us, is that intellectually, just I want you to grow um, with your ability to understand that the more you actually learn, the more you should realize that you actually don't know anything. Like, right, I feel like the more I read, I'm like, damn, I actually know nothing now. Like, it's like crazy. And so I always say you want a 52-to-1 advantage over your competition, you should go read a book a week, and that gives you 52-to-1. I right now take about two to three books a week. Um, I, I, I'm audible, one-half-time speed, usually when I'm training. Uh, and I just kind of devour books. Um, and here's a little insight. Like if you don't like the book, you don't have to finish reading it. People are always like, man, I'm stuck on this book for like three weeks. I'm like, dude, nobody says you have to You have to finish reading it. Go on to the next one if you want to. Um, so that's kind of like the, the, life, the intellectual component of this is – Can you go out there and challenge yourself to read a book a month if you haven't read anything, right? And then how do you grow that to two books a month? And how do you get eventually into the habit of reading about a book a week? And then eventually if you can get more awesome, but if you could just figure out a way to create a habit to get to 52 books a year, man, I'll tell you, it's going to have a huge impact on your life for understanding how much you actually don't know.
0: Yes. Yeah. And you hit uh, hit on a really important point is like understanding how much you don't know, you know, and that's the thing about the intellectual mind. They can know a a ton about physics, but know nothing about music or nothing about how to build a house or nothing about plumbing or nothing about art. You know, like what we can learn here is infinite and it's up to you. To discern what you want to learn but we have access to everything you can learn coding build websites graphic design animation it's all right there you know like I, I was like I'm kind of interested more in music now so I started to look that up and now these piano things are coming up and like piano seems complicated but it's like an idea to understand the universe but I also know from trying to master something anything you can dive way deep that even that there's no limit to martial arts. There's no limit to skateboarding. There's no limit to art. There's no, there's no limits here. There's no, you can't just like, Oh, did it mastered martial arts. I'm off. I mastered music done now. You know what I mean? It's just a continuous creation. And so, um, I did Robert Grant's course, uh, etymology and number. And he made this, uh, it's on the resident science foundation. He made these mathematical breakthroughs he's a friend of mine. And, um, he basically says it's important to bridge the right and left. So he made these mathematical breakthroughs that are a massive deal. And um, but he also does art, and he, and he and he does sculpture and things like that. And he's like you bridge both hemispheres. He's like this is one side's creative, one time one side's intellectual. And if you look, there's a what's the word for it when you're like brilliant like Michelangelo's one, uh, you're brilliant at a bunch of things. There's a word for it. Um, polymath. That's what it is. It's polymath. So if Michelangelo's polymath. Um, and so they make this ridiculous art and then they're also scientists and that's bridging both and that's what we you know can want to do here so i think that yeah just to add on to the intellectual aspect 1.5 times reading on on audible is great but what happens is when you start to work a whole system not just one part a whole system and i kind of say the same thing in zen athlete it's a whole system and when more parts are working together the the more force or generate like power you're creating because now you got all of these cylinders firing so when I run and I go to the gym, I'm listening to Audible or lectures. Yeah. So I just crushed a whole bunch of like Hawkins stuff. And before that, I wasn't doing anything. I was mm-hmm. like, and it's like, oh, my God, I've, there's too much to do. I don't know what to do now. I got to reset my life. You know, <laughs> Just give myself a week of pity. And then but then I get out of it, you know, and then then the, the cylinders start to fire. So the idea of just creating that intellectual movement and towards what you want, what do you want to learn? Even yeah. if you want to do painting, get a paintbrush and a little bit of thing, throw on some YouTube videos of paint and paint. That yes. counts.
1: Yes, it does. I love it. I mean, I love how you said that. It's, that's
0: awesome. I love it. It's, so it's, uh, do you want to keep going on to the next one? I don't know.
1: You got physical, you got spiritual, right? You got intellectual, which is what we just talked about, lifelong growing for that whole thing. Um, then you got being purposeful. And I, ch- I talked about this a little bit earlier with time. Um, There's two kind of main components to this is one, we should start measuring our day in minutes, right? Being purposeful with our time. And and if you have kids, then you'll understand that you get invited to seven birthday parties. You don't have to go to all seven, right? I see these people that um, get so stressed out about saying yes to everything. And if you want to master extreme time management, there's just one word that you have to learn. It's no, right? You have to learn the ability to say no to things that do not comply with what it is that you want to do. But that goes on the assumption, path that you actually know what it is that you want to do, which is why when you are being purposeful in your life, you're, you're using a future self or some other model or tool in your life to understand what the importance is. So if the importance is that you want to get in the shape and you want to um, you know, get up every morning and work out, then you may have to say no to a dinner at night. You may have to say no to going out with your friends because you know that one drink's going to lead to pizza and you're going to hit your snooze button in the morning, right? So you've got to understand what it is that you want to really gain right, out of what you're trying to build, and then surround yourself and build a fort around that to protect that time, to be purposeful on that, so you end up mastering that. I mean, Bruce Lee, right, I love his quote when he says, I'd rather, you know, I'm more more afraid of the guy that, you know, practices one kick 10,000 times than the guy that practices 10,000 kicks one time, and I feel like with so much out there, we're diluting our lives with decisions, right? And you're, you're, you're like, it's, and here's, you know, my three-year-old came home the other day with a goal, right? And I was like, that's awesome. I support goals and they're, they're the number one thing. But it's almost like our society has gone like ubiquitous with goals now, which is great. It's an important starting point. But I think what we're failing on is the actual execution. So if you actually look at my wall, um, you'll see the first line over, the first one over here, talks about is it's got execution, because that's where I think people need to do is they need to execute. And in order to execute, you're going to need grit, which is that determination, which you can going to be able to keep pushing forward with it. You're going to need hustle, right, which is the, the way to just kind of keep things going. And if you're able to hit all of those, you end up with a limitless life. And that's kind of how I try to frame everything for being purposeful is understand what it is that you want to do in your life, understand what it is that you want to accomplish. And look, you don't have to marry it. Like you said, Matt, grab YouTube and start doing a little paint and you may paint for three weeks and realize like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't it for me. Right. But that painting may lead to, you know, I saw the video of some guy doing um, you know, sewing and all of a sudden you love sewing, but it's just the action of just reading action to go forward with this. So being purposeful is understanding what it is that you want and then learning to say no to everything else that gets in the way of it. Don't dilute your life.
0: Awesome, man. Well put. You got it. You got it down. Yeah. Um, I remember, uh, one thing comes up with uh, a co- somebody who coached Olympians. And they said, like, if you want to be an Olympic champ- champion, you need to, like, sacrifice, like, your friends. Um, uh, he used, like, a more strong word. Like, you need yeah. to kill your friends and things. The guy's yeah. like, what? He's just like, if you want to be a world champion, like, that's it. That's the one thing. Now, that's yeah. a maxed out level. Yeah. Um, and you can, And you can have that. But w- really what it is is, like, having a why that compels you you know what is your why why are you waking up uh, why are you doing this why are you doing anything you but you the great thing is you get to you get to figure out what that why is you design it and so you know yeah the point that i made and that you kind of touched on i think is really important is like that little bit of like okay um I like music, right? Or art? Do you even you don't even know what you like? You're like, oh, I think it's music. Nope. And you get a little feedback. Oh, actually, it's art. Like, okay, get a little feedback. Oh, it's fine art. Oh, actually, it's sculpting. All of a sudden, you're making these weird sculptures with paint, and they're so unique and odd. And I've seen artists like this because I go to Burning Man festivals. There's some weird crap out there, and yeah. I don't know how their mind comes to this, but it does. And yeah. they go through this experimenting, and they find this thing, and they're excited about creating it. Um, but what ha- you got to take that bit of action towards the thing. And when yeah. your why becomes more powerful than the going out with your friends and this and that, it doesn't mean you have to sacrifice all that. But you need to be very, very clear on what you're getting, you know, what what you're doing. And when you journal and you keep that other process as well, you can really refine. And then what's happening? Um, is you're taking responsibility for your existence and your level of where you are. And so if you're cool with where you are and you should learn that skill the best you can is just to be totally cool and totally present and aware and fulfilled and amazing as you are, because you are. Um, And if you're just, it's like being in the river or not, are you excited and and happy if you look at your life inventory if you're moving towards what you like or if you're like oh my god I am like going down in a thing of flames and I hate everything and I need so much help then you you know then you kind of use these principles so you can kind of have your own thermometer of where you are I'm like 100% aligned I'm 2% aligned Um, and then you start to move towards it in a very practical and pragmatic way
1: yeah love it my spiritual mentor um he actually was a doctor by trade like an actual he used to prescribe everything in medicine prescribe it right it's like and one day he woke up and realized like that's what he wanted to do with his life and he went into a whole different path obviously but he like later in life he somebody gave him a piece of wood and um you know, this is probably 30 years or 20 years at this point ago, but it's you know, he's 70 something years old. So in his 50s, somebody gave him a piece of wood and all of a sudden he kind of like peeled a piece of bark off it. Right. And just kind of peeled and he's like, wow, this is pretty interesting. And he literally just grabbed some tools and started making woodwork and like he got addicted. Now he sells it all over the world. And like, he's like, you know, Adam, I never would have ever thought I was a woodworker. And now he like, he just loves doing that whole thing with wood. So it was kind of like what you said, you just got to kind of peel off that first piece of bark.
0: Yeah, man, and that's a good example too. Being like older, like fifty or seventy. You know, when you're younger, fifteen, twenty five, thirty five, it's like I'm gonna get this in a year. Like yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like, you know how many years it took me to get really good at snowboarding, and I was still only like as good as I was. You know, or really good at whatever, or like building anything. It takes a while.
1: You know, um, Sean Pierce by any chance?
0: That name sounds familiar.
1: He was. Uh, he got into a bad accident snowboarding. He has what's oh, called
0: the, the half pipe.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah good friend of mine. He lives, he actually lives in Vermont and we do a lot of stuff together. Um, But yeah, he's a, he's got a, he's got love your brain. It's kind of his whole, he can't really, he snowboards, but not obviously competitively, but he's got this whole foundation for love your brain. And he was actually, he carried out the, uh, um, some of the, one of the torches of the Olympics.
0: um, Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, anyway, I can support that with anything that I do. Let me know. There's like, this is a side note. I don't want to get into it too much, but you know, with the, um, uh, sport and kids and what they're doing with with performance well, I somebody reached out to me because they wanted to um, have my support with with a, a kid that recently committed suicide um, that was on I think the UK snowboard team and I think it was like the pressures of sport and being good enough and things like that and that's what I think we need to really change the culture around sport and what we're doing and and, and what we're teaching because we have a beautiful opportunity to really create empowered, incredible human beings. And we also have an equal opportunity to make them competitive, um, not feel good enough, and uh, use it in a way that's detrimental to their development. So I think that having a look at that, you know, is very, very important. So anybody out there that, you know, is a coach or an athlete, man, I'm always happy to send out the Zen Athlete. Or I, have, I have no idea um, what your quantum leap for kids is, but I bet it's awesome. And I we yes. need more positive stuff you know in the schools for kids because it's you know it's just nuts out there these days I'm 34 and someone will talk crap about me on the internet I have a huge beard and I'll probably you know whoop you if we got into a fist fight but but it makes me feel bad. And I was like, yeah. oh, gosh, I was like, this guy's like crap. He's like, he doesn't know anything. I was like, I know I don't know anything. I say that. I'm very confused here. I'm trying to figure it out. I was, like, I was like, just try to be a good dude as yeah, I'm I trying know. to figure it out, man. I was like, you well,
1: know, yeah, me? I mean, the minute you step from the sidelines in the arena, you instantly got to make sure that you got to know that you're a target. And you know, everyone, you know, everyone just is going to attack you because it is, it makes them feel better, right? What's the fastest way to be the biggest building in a city? Well, you blow the rest of them up, right? I mean, it's somebody going to do it. And you touched on culture, which is the last kind of component of our of our challenge. And really the, what I want to just kind of get the message off with, with culture is that I want to give people permission to be themselves. And You do an amazing job at that much better than I do, um, but really in business, I see a lot of people. Um, they're trying to create a culture and in, in, in kind of um, in, in, in pleasing two sides of a culture. I don't mean like political culture. I mean like who they are is like the brand that they want to stand for. Right. Because if they hire, because the culture in an organization or people you hang out with is designed is reflected on people who you hire. You don't actually set the culture. You set the culture by who you are, and then you hire people that support that culture. Maybe a culture of accountability, maybe a culture of results, maybe a culture of fun. Whatever that is, you find your culture. But what I see people doing is they're trying to go out there and get two sides of culture. People come in there, and there's kind of miscommunication and chaos because am I here? Am I here, right? Who are we as an organization? Well, people just would give themselves permission to be themselves, understanding that nine out of or eight out of 10 people aren't going to like you. That's okay. Right. You understand that's okay to do, but the one or two or three people that do are going to be raving fans for your organization and they want to work with you and they're going to grab other people that are like that. And then you start building a culture that supports you in a fan base that supports that what your organization is doing, because everyone is very clear on the mission in the brand and who you guys and how you're transforming somebody else's life.
0: Yeah, man. <laughs> yes, it. You know, it's that's probably the hardest thing to do is just to be yourself and to be comfortable with that. Uh, I just had a podcast with uh, the guys from Focus Life Force Energy, um, and they used the Hawkins Scale of Consciousness. I, you know, I've been really diving into that recently, um, and I asked them a question about like, you know, how do we, how do you get to like, what's a true statement? I guess they can measure statements about self love or self worth, um, and and one of them was just like um along the lines of i ask spirit or div- they talk about spiritual will when you bring in spiritual will doesn't matter what it is it could be jesus christ buddha krishna nature and people whatever um yeah. you you uh, there's a spiritual will like this this helping force right it, that we're in we're in this soup you could just i would say if you're a fish you'd ask for like the ocean to help you like ocean powers help me and the ocean's like oh yeah i got you, um, I got you. so you kind of connect that but you say like um dear spirit you know can you help me uh um accept and love myself as i am uh now and so i'm just curious if you have any like feedback on like um cuz that's i think man i don't know why it's so hard just to be ourselves and be comfortable with ourselves and especially in the face of adversity you know people that's going to be a part of it and i think that you touched on a really important part when when you move about the world as who you are in the most honest way you can. Um, People, even if they're saying they don't like you, um, they're seeing that and they actually value that. Probably the one being the worst to you You is because they're not comfortable or know who they are and they're maybe upset with themselves for wearing the mask, you know, when women, are terrible to each other or men beat someone up or we talk crap on the internet um, why are you focusing on what they're doing you don't need to do that you know I mean you might disagree with that but why don't you um, focus on basically you have two options you can be a crab in the bucket and you can try to pull people down or you can be a helping hand for lifting someone up and when you're genuine and who you are you're going to create you know if you're like a weird person type of artist person or something i don't know not to pick on artists you know just so you know i'm just trying to find a character like you know a bit they're strange to me sometimes and they do yeah. weird things and they think in weird ways i'm weird too that's okay um yeah. and they find like yeah we're all weird you know people are weird Dude, um and, so, and so, <laughs> so so you find your your art people right or your type just say music right some people love heavy metal and they're like you know they they're like heavy metal heads and some of them are like not an orchestra, but you're going to find the people that identify with and you might not like those other people, but then you're just finding who you are rather than wearing a mask each time, wearing a mask, wearing a mask, wearing a mask. And that gets hard going about your daily life. But the most important thing is being yourself. You're going to feel better within yourself and, it, and it's, it's better that way. I don't know if you can speak on that. at well, Of course, I mean
1: that's. I mean that's ultimately. I became somebody else up until I decided to make a change in high school. I was living somebody else's life, right? I was somebody else, and it is exhausting, right? You're constantly lying, and I don't even mean like blatant lies. Like you're always just kind of trying to exaggerate or be somebody else or do something different. And I tell you, the only person you're hurting is yourself. You're you're hurting your your inner connection and your ability to to see beyond this world by just trying to constantly create this world like that you're actually not living and it's just not it's just a terrible place to be. And that's why I get so passionate about kicking people out of mediocrity because I'm like, look, it's like it, this is an example of the give. Like I feel like so many people are you ever gonna like a matinee. It's like bright out, super sunny, one o'clock in the afternoon, you walk inside, you go into a movie the movie comes on, it gets really dark. Like you're in the middle of the movie, you forget there's 300 people around you. You forget you're even in a movie theater. And all of a sudden you walk outside and you're like, man, it's super bright out here. It's like, I feel like people get stuck in this movie theater and they forget that there's a whole other world outside that's bright and ready to go. And so I don't know what if you have to hit them with force or it's a tough conversation that moves somebody or just telling them the truth when they ask you um, or not allowing that fear to not have that tough conversation with somebody that you care about. Um, because if you do that, that sometimes is what's going to be the trajectory or the blunt force that moves them out of mediocrity. Remember, people are in mediocrity. They're stuck. They're stuck for a reason they can't see beyond that movie screen. So how do you turn the lights on for them? And, and that's bright. It's going to take some energy. It's going to take some courage. I think people get stuck there because of fear. And they, they think they just don't know what more they can do until they get a taste of it. And once they get that taste, then they start, just like you said, they grow. And they want more and more and more And they get thirsty and they have this curiosity for life and then they stop actually look let me tell you people everyone has problems you're not special right like you are not special with your problems stop worrying like people don't care too much about you They may say something 30 seconds later they're so consumed with their own problems they don't even care about anymore and you're just like for weeks you've been thinking about it and people's like well i don't remember that conversation so just be yourself give that permission to yourself to live this world i mean I mean, if you haven't realized yet, yeah, we're all going to leave this physical world. So you might as well go out there and live the world, live the life that you want to live now, instead of waiting for some life changing event to change your life, um, because it may be too late at that point.
0: Yeah, man, you know, you've said so. I think I talked a lot more on this podcast than normal, um, because you just, you share so many really good practical insights that I always want to like add on to them. Um, and that, that, you know, again, was like super on point, you know, so on point, um, Now that I'm kind of saying that, I forget what I was going to say, but Um, you know, all all of that's super, you know, super practical and, and, and really feasible for any of us to do. Um, You know, oh yeah, I was going to just say something along the lines of just like, you know, we have a whole life to create who we are. And sometimes we forget how powerful we are um, because we're stuck in a fear loop, um, you know, of, of acquiring stuff. So we're secure so we can have food and we can have shelter, but we forget that power that we have. We forget our imagination. We forget to like. We're afraid to push the boundaries, to get a no, to fail, to be ridiculed. Um, and so, even if you can just start moving that way a little bit, like just, and then you're going to grow a little bit and you're going to grow a little bit. Um, but that that's a part of it, you know. And you kind of got to accept that. But you know, this life experience can be what is that a, a daring adventure or nothing at all. Um, so just you know, start to design and 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 yeah, own own your own life and and just you know do the best you can and just be kind to others um you man you said so much here and I I wish I could have wrapped it up more eloquently but I did not Good job. <laughs> so you you know nah, you you're really great and um so before we go I just want to ask you um is there anything you wish that I asked um anything you want to elaborate on feel free to go as long as you wish um and also just any like final uh, messages for the listeners, you know, feel free to embellish. But I think all this was just super inspiring, practical. I think it's both, you know, you have to have this imagination, but you also need to be aware of the crap, you know, your belief systems, how you're operating, where the problems are, get real with that and have a system of say, Hey, this is a new system. These are new tools. If you're, if your strategy is to wake up in the morning and eat 10 pounds of bacon and then go to work and then just watch TV and go to bed, you're going to get a result, not good or bad. It's just a result. Um, You know, if you wake up and start to journal every single day, um, think of, you know, go for a little walk, um, have time to think for yourself, you're going to get a different result, your life, it's going to be the the stream, you know, or do you feel like the universe is on your side, putting you towards your goals and ambitions? Or are you just like getting pummeled on the side <laughs> you know and so you just kind of you got to kind of oh that's a good analogy you, you just got to kind of fight a little bit and paddle out past the break to get <laughs> into the current but the current you land in is the one you decide okay I like that go ahead it.
1: <laughs> I, like it, I like it too well Matt you certainly have a, have a great soul I can sense that in you so keep sharing that soul and everything that you're doing it's pretty pretty awesome um, you know I'll kind of I'd wrap it up with you know I think life's about growing spiritually, and I think my kind of mission statement is to is to really grow as much spiritually as I can um, through life's experiences. And so, what I mean by life's experiences is that. I understand there's going to be good days and bad days. In fact, there's probably going to be more 90% of my life is probably going to be a problem or something I get to solve. 10% is actually going to be success. That's, and I've, I've learned to embrace that suck, right? I've learned to embrace that part of life where I actually want to go and grow from experiences. Therefore I need negative experiences in my life to actually grow. So therefore when they show up, I'm not like, Oh my God, like, Whoa, where did this come from? Right? I've actually, you know what it is? The people who go out and I'm going to this back to Ironman. People who go out and never finish an Ironman, which is, which is a big, chunk of them the reason why they don't when they're racing is because they think they're going to go out there and have and have feel great the whole day they're like i'm gonna go out there and feel awesome the whole day my coach who coaches world-class athletes he's, he's awesome he and i'm i'm not it's funny he's like 15 clients and me i always joke with him right like I just, he lives near me so i convinced him to coach me but uh i, I always and, and and what he always says to me is like look dude he's like you need to go out there and understand that it is going to be a shit show that's literally the word he uses. He's like, it's going to be hard. And, but he's right because he, when you go out there, look, if you go sit on your couch on a Sunday day, you're going to have a tough moment, right? To think you're not going to have on an Man is, 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 is not to think that. Same thing in life. To think that you're not going to have problems, show up in life, somebody's going to sue you. Somebody's going to get sick around you. You're going to have a, a, a challenge. You're going to have money, financial issues. You're going to have social issues. These things are going to show up. Just understand that these are all, life happens for us, not to us. And so the more we can explore that concept and bring that into it, we'll learn to cherish the experiences that are actually shaping us spiritually so that we can reach that enlightenment in a faster stage for all the time that we have here in this physical world.
0: Beautiful, man. That was very well put. I'm going to let you, that's you have the last word because that was awesome brother i appreciate that i appreciate everything you shared um what you're doing um i definitely want to touch base about what you're doing with kids because i think that's wonderful we need more empowering stuff for kids Um, and as adults you know just be the example right just the best thing that you can do is be a good example for being a happy fulfilled human being Um, and that's what people are going to look at and people are going to remember but most importantly you're going to be honoring yourself and so just honor yourself um, so thank you so much for everything that you shared yeah. where can people find uh, more about you if they want to stay in touch or go deeper
1: yeah adamhergenrother.com or um, we post a, I post a blog every week herglife.com herglife.com and uh, love to get more traction out there and, and see what we're doing on, on a weekly
0: basis amazing brother hashtag her, Herglife, man i'll check <laughs> out. i love it okay man well have an amazing day i appreciate you and uh, thanks everybody for watching catch you in the next episode All right, guys. I hope that you enjoyed that episode with Adam. I know that I did. I think it, there was so much practical knowledge in there. If you liked it, please share this episode with your friends. When you share the podcast on Facebook and social media and talk about it, it helps that information flow. It helps get the word out there, and it's really appreciated. You can leave a review on iTunes to inspire others to listen to the podcast because there's lots to choose from. And uh, supporting on Patreon. Thank you so much to each and every one of you who have. Drop the buck in the bucket. I appreciate you. And if you want to support the work and support the mission, uh, just go to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. It helps a lot. It goes a long way and it's it's greatly appreciated. Um, so yeah, so I'm just packing up. I'm getting ready to go to the Parliament of World Religions with David Lone Bear November 1st. Um, it's going to be exciting. We're going to be speaking several times. Um, if you guys are in the Toronto area, come visit. Uh, tell us, say hello. We would love to see you in person. Um, it's going to be an amazing event and we would, we would love to see you there in person so thank you guys so much for all your support um, any inquiries just go to mad at zenathlete.com sign up for the email list uh, forward slash lucid dreaming if you want the free lucid dreaming stuff but just all of my love and my appreciation so let's just come into a powerful state of peace and, and coherence before we close it out for the rest of the day wherever you are just taking a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath just let it out slowly with all the cares all the worries all the self-criticisms taking in one more deep breath in through your nose holding that breath and just thinking about one thing you are really grateful for just filling yourself up with love and gratitude and peace and coherence every cell and every muscle of fiber of your being just let that breath out slowly with every self-criticism self-doubt negative energies old beliefs unserving patterns Taking in one more deep breath in through your nose, and this time magnifying that feeling of gratitude, of love, of connection, remembering that you are a whole, perfect, divine, immortal creator being connected to spirit at all times, that you can create your reality, that you do matter, that you are worthy, that you're awesome and incredible just as you are. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I will see you in the next one. Have an amazing day.